This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. to another edition of the Michael Deacon program, live and direct, reporting to you from Hell Central, California. First time listeners, welcome aboard. It's a pleasure to meet you. This show is better than a fatal accident. Joining me tonight is the one and only Jim, the freight train fetzer. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Till death do us part, here I am again under pale moonlight. We hope you're safe out there wherever you are on this island earth. I hope this message reaches you somewhere down through time. There's magic in the air, and the freight train is ready to roll. Let's bring them on. Oh, Michael, I'm delighted we're doing another interview. You are one of, if not my favorite hosts, so this is a real pleasure. Really? Oh, yes, absolutely. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. And of course, you know, everyone always wants you back on the program constantly. And I say, I know, I know, I don't want to bug Jim, but, you know, sometimes I have to drag you in here as much as I can. <laughs> well, that's my pleasure. Keep dragging. I'm glad to do it. No problem. And Jim, my God, there's so much to discuss with you. And as you may or may not know, you know, I haven't really been spending too much time reading the news. Sometimes during the week, I've been sort of you know, laying low at times, but, you know, when I come back on, I see the um, President Joe Biden making a fool of himself yet again. Well, and it's not even the real Joe, you know, I did a very lengthy show with uh, David Zublik and his inner circle about mm, the real Joe versus the actor Biden, who's the guy in the White House being presented as President of the United States. I I noticed the differences right off the bat during the first debate. Right. James James Woods was c- calling out that they had different eyes. Biden blew the the imposter Brown, 
I noticed there was a difference in the shape of their skulls and their earlobes. Their ears turn out to be impossible to alter, and they're just as distinctive as fingerprints. Also, he tied his tie differently. His social interaction with his wife was completely different. The real Joe and Jill are hand in hand. He's She's beaming. He's got this shit-eating smile on his face. <laughs> yes. With his new guy, they're walking apart. She's looking uneasy. He doesn't have, you know, he's trying to act nonchalant. But new additional evidence to confirm what I had already discerned has come from several different sources, including a pharmacist who's used to comparing signatures to ensure that prescriptions are not being unlawfully obtained. Who notice that the signature of the new guy and of the real Joe are completely different. No question about it. And a more exact study of the skulls show that I was correct, that they're Skull types are very different. Uh, Joe Biden had a broader skull, uh, and the new guy has a narrower skull. They are just not the same person. And My God. We now, we, we now speculate that Joe Biden, the real Joe, may have died as long as three years ago, Michael. My God. So who is this guy that made this comment? No, no. Oh, you mean? Oh, it's another study. There was actually a very extensive study with about 30, 40 photographs. You mean about the skull type? Oh, no. I I meant uh, I don't think the audio clip played for you, but I played a little clip here. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Who, Who was that the real Joe Biden or was that the clone who said that? Well, that sounded like the real Joe to me. That sounded like the real one to me, too. Yeah, but, you know, they've got these voice boxes. I mean, look, even Hillary used body doubles. Uh, I've identified, I don't know, six or eight different body doubles Hillary has used, including in the national debate with first Bernie Sanders and then with Donald Trump. It wasn't Hillary there. It was younger, thinner, healthier, much more attractive person, but they have a voice box. It makes your voice indistinguishable from the real deal. So that that's really a part of the deception. This is this is uh, D.C. going Hollywood full style. And you may or may not have picked up, Michael, that when the fake Biden got his booster shot, it was on a soundstage that's actually in the Eisenhower Executive Building and where you could see there's a audience there of reporters looking on. So they were fully aware that this was a, a soundstage and wasn't actually the Oval Office. I mean, it's just stunning how much the media is going along with all this phony bullshit. Oh, yes. And it doesn't stop there. You know, there's so many different scandalous stories surrounding Joe Biden and his family, and it just keeps getting worse. I mean, I did well, see... Well, there's one about the oh, yes. niece, yeah, where the oh, diary said how she was taking showers exactly. with, her, with her uncle, and uh, this appears to be very sordid and tawdry. My and God. we now have reports that the FBI has verified that the diaries are authentic, but we knew a lot about Joe. He was a hair sniffer. He was doing all kinds of inappropriate things with children. A classic example being when Christopher Coons was sworn in as a junior senator from Delaware and Biden performed the ceremony. At its conclusion, he leaned over to Coons' daughter and said to her, which was picked up on mics and created quite a scandal, do you have any idea how horny it makes me to be standing next to a 14-year-old girl? Would you Who shut up, man? Listen. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I, sorry, right. I, had to, I had to play it out there. I'm sorry, but yes. Can, can you imagine, though, Jim, if it was Donald Trump and it was about Ivanka? Oh, 
I know, I know. Can you imagine? And there are, there are plenty of Democrats who want to claim that Donald has had sexual relations with Ivanka, who's a, who, quite a beautiful woman, needless to say. But the fact is that it, 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 that seems to be totally manufactured, whereas the case against Biden as the yes. case against Andrew Cuomo. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there were, I mean, Trump did say, you know, some inappropriate things about Ivanka, you know, on the Howard Stern show yeah. and, and different. But, you know, there were no diary entries about her taking a shower with her old man, though. Right. That's right. There's a big Mike. difference. There's a big difference there. And with Andrew Cuomo, I mean, he's even putting his hand up under the blouse of one of his aides to feel her breasts. I mean, how bad is that? It's pretty bad. But yes, Ashley Biden, the diary. Ashley Biden, yeah. Oh, yes. It revealed the child sex trauma and drug abuse. My God. I'm blown away, though, Jim. I am blown away by this. Yeah, it's unbelievable that we got... That the Democrats would put this guy up, you know, it's just as when they put up Barack Obama, whom I'm convinced was not qualified to be president, yet you had high mucky mucks like Nancy Pelosi, uh, Howard Dean, and others who were certifying that he was qualified to be president of the United States when he manifestly, so far as I can tell, was not. Indeed, I'm still of the opinion he was born in Kenya, where they have a monument for the first Kenyan president to the United States, not understanding there cannot be a Kenyan president of the United States. Be careful, Jim. They're going to go after you about that one now, too. Oh, my God. They could go after me about dozens and dozens of more serious issues than that. My God. It's, uh, my dedication to exposing falsehoods and revealing truths is... Unqualified. It's, it's impeccable, to be honest. You know, it's beyond um, beyond belief. You know, you've gone through hell and high water, and, you know, we all commend you for it. You know, it's quite admirable. And by the way, Jim, on a side note, jamesfetzer.org, not working at the moment. Yes, yes. That's a story where the, 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 the person who is paying the rent for that, and I have any number of supporters, has been incapacitated for over two months so that when a complaint was sent to him by none other than Leonard Posner for alleged copyright violation, which I'm quite confident he could not sustain. He's done this before in the past. I was not notified in a timely manner to handle it. And as a consequence, my web uh, site was shut down before I even knew what the issue was. We're working to get it back up, but I expect it's going to take several days, maybe even a week, Michael, before it happens. Understood. And are you aware of this website, posnervfetzer.com? Well, if that's uh, Ron Avery's website, it's wonderful. He's got a very comprehensive collection of the documents and records in the in the case. It's about Dane County case. Complete. Yes. It's about as nearly complete as if you had access to the actual court records themselves directly. Okay, so you are aware of this. I wasn't quite sure if you were oh, sure. okay. Oh, sure. got, Making sure. With my with my photograph on the cover on the first page and then you know, click it and you know, it goes in. Yeah. That's a very responsible website. In fact, Ron Avery on my blog, so you can't access what may be elsewhere, published a brilliant piece about the appellate court and how it had to convolute the law in order to justify the circuit court's treatment of my case, which was done without allowing me to present my defense to wit that Sandy Hook had been a two-day FEMA 
A drill, technically a mass casualty exercise involving children, presented as mass murder in order to promote gun control, where we even have the manual where I was being sued for declaring that a death certificate for one of the alleged decedents at Sandy Hook to wit Noah Posner was a fake, where the version that I published had been given to my research colleague, um, Kelly Watt, by none other than Lenny Posner, by posting it on his then Google Plus page. It has no file number. It has no town certification, no state certification. And by the way, as an aside, under Connecticut law, not even parents are allowed to have uncertified death certificates, of which this was an example, or the court ruled that the massive evidence I had in the book, where I had 13 contributors, including six current retired PhD professors, we'd established the school had been closed by 2008, that there were no students there, and that it was this FEMA drill presented as mass murder to promote gun control. It would not allow me to present all that evidence on the ground that, get this, Michael, on the ground that it was not whether Sandy Hook happened or not was not relevant to the truth or the accuracy of the death certificate. When the death certificate says this decedent died at Sandy Hook Elementary School on 14 December 2012 from multiple gunshots. <laughs> My God. I, I, yeah, this is a, a kind of legal absurdity that I've had to deal with. And in fact, because we focus solely then on the death certificate, uh, one of my co-defendants at the time, who would eventually settle, so I was the only one to go the distance, obtained an additional copy of the death certificate from the town clerk. I obtained another from the state. But I introduced altogether four different death versions of the very same death certificate and obtained the study, the investigative results of two forensic document experts, both of whom concluded, get this, Michael, all four of them were fake. And where, under the law, experts have the same standing in court as the judge himself, but nevertheless, he just set them aside as someone else's opinion. After having a conversation with the, uh, the plaintiff's attorney right before my very eyes, before I'd even testified during the oral hearing on this summary judgment, that uh, if he excluded this evidence, it would be grounds for an appeal. So he was going to accept it, but set it aside, which he proceeded to do. But what that meant was summary judgment was inappropriate because it's only applicable when there are no disputed facts. But here the standing, the authenticity of the death certificate, which was a crucial issue in the case, remained disputed. And he went ahead and ruled anyway, which is a part of the elements of my petition for review before the Wisconsin Supreme Court where I was acting pro se on and representing myself in the first stage of this whole sordid affair because I couldn't find an attorney represent me given Sandy Hook such a political hot potato. But now I have a very, very good appellate attorney. And, you know, I would like to believe that the Supreme Court is going to act on and take up issues we raise. There turns out to be an interesting difference between a court of appeals, Michael, and us and and a Supreme Court, at least here in the state of Wisconsin, it may be similar in other states. The appellate court is an error-correcting court. So I pointed out all these errors, but the appellate court nevertheless rejected them by quoting the official narrative of Sandy Hook, implying that there had been 
you know, cases that had settled this as a matter of law. Uh, well, in my, uh, 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 this is part of what uh, Ron Avery, who maintains that uh, Posner versus Fetzer website, wrote about in his brilliant piece, how they had to twist the law in order to try to justify what the Supreme Court had done, since it's such a blatant case. In fact, everyone with any background in the law who's looked at my case has just been stupefied that the, the the violations of the protocols and the proper procedure were so grossly violated. But the appellate court maintained, no, everything they did was proper. So that part of my appeal is to point out that there has, in fact, been no judicial determination of whether 20 children and six adults died at Sandy Hook. And that, in fact, the FBI Consolidated Crime Report for 2012 shows that the intersection of Newtown, of which Sandy Hook is a subdivision, and non-negligent manslaughter and homicide, zero, meaning there were no deaths in Newtown, no, no, no homicides in Newtown in 2012, which obviously includes Sandy Hook and where the official report by the state's attorney, Stephen Sedensky III, which he took nearly a year to complete, fails to create a causal nexus tying together the purported shooter, Adam Lanza, with the victims, including his mother, because the rifle with which he was alleged to have shot his mother did not have his fingerprints upon it. And in relation to the school, while they had 150 slugs, they claimed they were so corroded, none of them could be matched to the weapon he was supposed to have used, which means it was an abject forensic failure. In fact, I can't imagine anyone anything worse. So people have just assumed that since there was a report, they must have supported the official narrative, but that's not true. And we point out that these kinds of declarations are merely that technically they're known as dicta, D-I-C-T-A, meaning official pronouncements that have no judicial weight because there is no case to substantiate them. And get this, it's an, ele an element of defamation I was accused to have performed that I had to have been negligent. But there was no determination that I'd been negligent. In fact, I had good reasons for concluding the death certificate was fake, even though some of my reasons turned out to be mistaken because of the way in which these death certificates are processed. But there was never a finding that I was negligent. It means that as a matter of law. That what, was your per what was your perception I of what happened? Um, and you're getting sued for that. But what I'm saying, Michael, is more, is more serious than that. For me to have committed defamation, I must have been negligent. You're right, right, right. Yeah, but they never proved I was negligent. They never That's even right. raised the issue. I mean, it's really fascinating. It really uh, is. It, it's it, it's it, it's a crazy it, case, you know, to be honest. It's probably one of the most important lawsuits in American history. Well, I'll tell you, I think it's growing. I think the interest is growing. And I'm becoming involved in other lawsuits that are related by virtue of having been through this one, for oh, yeah. example. In Connecticut, there are two different suits. One is from a group of Sandy Hook parents led by Donna Soto, and I'll return to her momentarily, against Remington. Uh, this is a $33 million settlement they're asking from Remington, and uh, where I'm seeking to intervene because the case is moving forward without establishing whether anybody died at Sandy Hook. And would you believe when I make a motion to intervene, 
pointing out that no one has determined whether anyone died at Sandy Hook, and I have a mass of evidence that nobody died at Sandy Hook, which means this whole thing is an insurance fraud. Both sides are opposed to my intervening. And similarly with Alex Jones, there's a triple suit against Alex Jones, but once again, they're foregoing resolving this crucial underlying issue of whether anybody died at Sandy Hook just begging the question, which in its technical sense means taking for granted the conclusion for which you need independent evidence, although today it's become in common discourse to use the word begging the question, mean inviting the question or leading to ask further. Well, that's not classic use in in logic in terms of informal fallacies. But get this. and there's a, you know, related to this is a bankruptcy case for Remington, which is also, that's in Alabama, that's also predicated on the proposition that 20 children and six adults were killed using a Remington weapon, and where, in fact, in all these cases, the court ruled that while ordinarily uh, firearm manufacturers could not be held liable, in this instance, there was an exception because it was a, a military-style weapon. Well, that's ridiculous. It's not a military weapon, which is fully automatic. Fully automatic weapons haven't been legal in the United States since at least 1935. Not only that, but the Supreme Court has actually ruled that that American citizens are entitled to have not just military style, but actual military weapons. So this whole thing is just a flagrant abuse of the law. And And get this, Michael, as a topper. This Donna Soto, who's the lead plaintiff in the case against uh, Remington in Connecticut, is actually played by a crisis actor who also played the role of Susan Bro in uh, Charlottesville, the mother of Heather Heyer, who was alleged to have died in the automobile crash, but actually died the following day from a heart attack, so that Donna Soto, the purported mother of Victoria Soto, one of the Sandy Hook teachers, is the same person playing the role of Susan Bro, mother of Heather Heyer in uh, in in Charlottesville. I mean, this is insulting beyond belief. This That's is scandalous. rubbing your nose in it, Michael. Yes, that is quite scandalous, Mr. Fetzer. And yes, I'm seeing the news story right now. Gunmaker Remington offers Sandy Hook victim families $33 million in lawsuit settlement. Yeah, so the point I'm making is not only is that an insurance scam, oh, but yeah. the Remington, the Remington uh, bankruptcy case is a bankruptcy fraud. And let me point out that these frauds on the court are something that one is entitled to protest at any point in a case. I mean, you know, fraud is a very serious matter. I was bringing that up in the case of my own hearing because I was convinced, as I remain convinced, the fellow who showed up here and testified under oath in a video deposition is Leonard Posner is, in fact, someone else. He's 20 or 30 years younger. He's 100 to 120 pounds lighter. He can't possibly be the same guy uh, as was photographed with uh, little Noah in all these photographs at the time of Sandy Hook, which were, by the way, distributed worldwide. So when they protested that in my search for an impeachment witness— because I felt this was another fraud upon the court. Uh, the, the plaintiffs complained especially that I had shared the, the video deposition and they were concerned about the image. And I said to the court, I said, Your Honor, how can they be concerned about the image of a man whose image has appeared millions of times around the world unless it's not the same guy? 
My goodness. And would, you, and would you believe, in addition to the 450000 I was hit with by a, a jury of Madisonians, uh, all 30 years or younger, one man and 11 women, each of whom professed to have never even heard of Alex Jones. Oh, my. Who awarded, you know, against me 450000 for defamation. The judge claiming that I'd violated the confidentiality by seeking an impeachment witness, even though I explained that was what I was doing. And on my understanding, I was entitled to do that. Added in the lawyer's fees, which was even greater, 650000 So I have a combined judgment of $1,100,000 against me for telling the truth about Sandy Hook. Yeah, that's insane. And by the way, for those that have already forgotten, the Sandy Hook shooting happened back December 14th, uh, 2012, I believe. And yes. it was with uh, Adam Lanza, who they say killed 26 people, including 20 children. And of course, that includes uh, six staff members as well. And also shooting his mother, they say, and ultimately turning the gun on himself. And um, that's the way the official narrative goes, as far as I, I remember. And and this this whole stunt was was prepared. The foundation for this stunt was laid by Barack Obama when he nullified the Smith Mutt Act of 1948, which precluded the use of the same techniques of disinformation and propaganda uh, 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 within the United States that were being used abroad. That's like paying people to riot, staging phony events and all that. That's right. By the by, the so-called Smith Modernization Act of 2012, just in time to bring a Sandy Hook. So Barack Obama made all this legal. I mean, this is just one more reason this man will ultimately go down as among the most despicable presidents in the history of the nation. You think he's worse than Joe Biden? Well... I think Joe's he actually is operating the scene. I think Joe Biden is a sock pocket puppet from yeah. Barack Obama. You think Obama's calling his shots from behind yeah. the curtain? Yes. It's but he's possible. also in the grip of the Rothschild banking in, empire, which, of course, is promoting the coronavirus. I mean, not, not too far from the truth. I mean, the whole entire Biden administration is basically the Obama administration. Different, exactly. same people, actually. Obama was, you know, asked whether he'd like to serve a third term. He said, well, no, not really. But if someone else were in office and he could pull the strings or manipulate events behind the scene, that would be another matter entirely. And I believe that's exactly what's going on. I can't dismiss that. You know, most likely by proxy for sure, that's what's going on. And by the way, the motive is still inconclusive, they say, about the Sandy Hook shooting. All these things are always inconclusive, they say. No one ever has well, any info. They, they, that's what they claim. But, you know, we, you know, I, I don't always, I don't really believe these narratives that they give us. I, they don't really give us the whole piece of the pie. Well, when you're making up a fantasy. That too. It's like, it's, it's like 9-11. Two of those planes weren't even in the air, but they could draft a list of alleged passengers who are supposed to have died in planes that weren't even in flight. And in fact, the other two that were in the air, one was over Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, after it had officially crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The other was over Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, after it officially hit the South Tower. Pilots for 9-11 Truth traced them both on the basis of air-ground communications, where I obtained from the Federal Aviation Administration registration data showing... The planes used for those flights were not even officially taken out of service until 28 September 2005. 
So how can planes that weren't even in the air that day have crashed on 9-11, and how can planes that crashed on 9-11 have still been in the air four years later? You begin to get a sense of the scope of the swindles to which we're being exposed and subjected by our own government. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so many people still out there believing the official narrative on 9-11. Do you ever feel that those accountable will ever be held accountable, uh, Jim? Well, it's a it's a really good question, uh, Michael. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, what, what, it, it was like the Warren Commission when it whitewashed the assassination of JFK and framed a patsy. The 9-11 Commission whitewashed the event and framed a patsy, in this case, 19 Islamic terrorists, so-called, and a guy in a cave off in Afghanistan, except... Turns out the guy in the cave in Afghanistan was our man in Afghanistan, Osama bin Laden, instrumental right. in getting Stinger missiles into the hands of the Mujahideen. They used to shoot down Soviet helicopters and planes that drive them out of the country. He was actually an officer in the CIA, Colonel Tim Osman. That's right. An official of the agency visited him in a hospital in Dubai shortly before his death from his medical maladies. Uh, he suffered kidney failure, and it's uh, tough to get dialysis machines in and out of those caves in Afghanistan. On 15 December 2001, 2001, Michael. That's when I thought he died, yeah. Well, there were local obituaries at the time. He was buried in an unmarked grave in accordance with Muslim tradition, and whereby the 26th, both Fox News and CNN were reporting that Osama bin Laden was dead. But again, this guy, who I say is going to go down as perhaps the most despicable, found it politically expedient to resurrect him and have him die again in a stage raid on a compound in Pakistan to position himself for a triumphal reelection as the guy who got the most wanted man in the world. But it was all bullshit, Michael. I mean, this, uh, this Barack Obama is, a you know... Just a total fraud himself. Are you telling me, Jim, are you telling me, Jim, that that nice photograph of Biden, Obama and and Hillary there watching that monitor of the so-called raid on bin Laden's camp? Are you telling me you're not buying that? Even Leon, Leo Panetta, who was at the time the director of the CIA, blew their cover on that one, explaining how there had been no lob coverage for the first 15 or 20 minutes, but that was a total lap time of the raid. So they were just watching, I don't know, a blank screen. Yeah, that was a stage photograph. I published about it an article called Zero Dark Thirty, The Deeper, Darker Truths. Just as I have a wonderful piece on Osama bin Laden, 1957 to 2001, by Nick Kohlerstrom, PhD and historian of science from the UK, who's one of the world's leading experts on false flags and conspiracies. Understood. And what do you make of Robert O'Neill, by the way? I've always been quite stern on what I truly believe uh, Mr. Robert O'Neill is doing, but, you know, I've known plenty of DLD members myself and... You know, they've been paid a lie plenty of times. That's all I, I'll say about that. You're, you're talking about the anti-terrorism expert who took a security job uh, at the World Trade Center uh, and died the day of the attack. I mean, that was his first day on the job. Robert O'Neill, the man who claimed to be uh, solely responsible for killing Osama bin Laden. Oh, that guy. Yeah. No, that's just silly. I mean, that's just I don't believe him. You're absolutely right, Michael. No, that's just poppy. I think it's a lie. You know, he has a history of lying from what I recall. that's, That's all we get from these people. Nothing but lies. It's absolutely stunning. I can't believe it, Jim. But yes, um, I guess that's what they're paid to do. You know, they are paid to lie. 
You can believe it, Michael. You can believe it. It's provable. I mean, that's what I do is bring together experts, you know, on all these different issues. And because I founded Scholars for 9-11 Truth in December 2005, well, I've recently refurbished my website at 911scholars.org. And I encourage everyone to check out the three new uh, stories I publish there. One about how Richard Gage leaves 9-11 Truth in a Time Warp on oh C-SPAN. A second about how Theory Mason got it right when he was explaining there was no evidence of a plane having hit the Pentagon in his hunt, the Boeing website, and where I gave a, a special 9-11 report in memory of Robert David Steele, who is a very strong supporter, an ally of mine who was taken out at a hospital where he went with ivermectin, insisting he didn't want the jabber to be put on a ventilator, and uh, they sedated him and put him on a ventilator and killed him. I can't believe he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I know. Some people think he was put under some sort of protective uh, custody gonna, thing. He was and... actually going to be a witness uh, if I ever get the trial, which I was denied uh, in by the circuit court. See, if you got a disputed fact, it's got to be sent to a jury for resolution. But this judge just took it upon himself to resolve it, which was, I mean, this is just such a gross, blatant violation. A first-year law student wouldn't commit this blunder. Yeah. Obviously, therefore, it was done intentionally in order to resolve a politically explosive case. That's very unusual, Jim. And, you know, just to move along here. Away from 9-11 for a moment here, I, I did want to ask you quickly about, you know, the, the vaccine, you know, do you know anyone else who has taken the jab as of late? Uh, those, uh, those that are, you know, your peers, Jim. Well, Michael, sad to say my whole family has taken the jab. They, they took wouldn't it. tell me they were going to do it because they knew I'd oppose it and they went ahead and did it. They course, went over your head and did it. It has my stomach in knots to even think about it. I mean, oh my! the World Health Organization has a database of over 2 million of adverse reactions. And of course, we know the number of dead now is in the hundreds of thousands. I mean, it's actually in the millions, I'm convinced. And what's striking about the 2 million in the WHO database is that the year before, there were only 2,000. So introducing the jab brought about a thousand times as many adverse results as they had had the year before. And the year before that, there were only like 87. And before that, two, one. In other words, we're getting more adverse results from these vaccines than we have from all vaccines in the history of their use in the United States, historically combined. My God. Um, by the way, Jim, so everyone is jabbed. Even, well, of course, the wife is jabbed as well. Yep. So she pressures you all the time, I'm sure. No, she knows. She knows that, yeah, I mean, they, okay. They accept, but I've actually, see, I actually went through it, and it's rather interesting. Uh, I mean, well, I was hit with what was diagnosed at a local hospital as having been COVID. I mean, they had that little uh, elongated Q-tip up my nose before I knew it. It oh came my. back with a diagnosis. Yeah. But I did, I was hit with something. And since I believe the pandemic, in fact, is a fraud, I was hit with something. I know not exactly what, but I was so weak, Michael, I couldn't even get out of bed. I mean, it was that bad. So that uh, on one occasion, my wife drove me over to this 
nearby hospital, which isn't very much in demand, so it was wonderful. I mean, I got a lot of attention there. The first time, I think I was there seven hours. Uh, the second time, I couldn't even get out of bed. She had to call an ambulance to oh, take wow. me over there, and I was there for eight hours. And I, the second time, I got this uh, antibody process thing that Aaron Rodgers has had, and a colleague of mine in the meanwhile sent me ivermectin, and I believe between the antibody uh, process and and the ivermectin, I pulled through it. But I mean, I have such natural antibodies now that I'm sure I'm uh, more prepared than uh, anyone who has a vaccination because the WHO and the CDC and all these other frauds like Tony the Rat want to deny even the existence of natural immunity. But of course, it's bona fide as a fact. These aren't actually vaccines, you know, and the CDC has actually changed the definition of a vaccine to conceal the fact that they're not even vaccines, which means the CDC is betraying the American people and derelict in its duty and is actually promoting death and devastation of it's the American wild. population. Yeah, oh, it's, it's wild. Just, I mean, every day our civil liberties are being eroded. And this is just another way that they're doing it. I mean, they're, they're saying that, you know, they're giving you a choice you know, be vaccinated or don't be vaccinated, but we're going to make things harder on your life if you're not vaccinated. And I mean, it's going pretty, it's getting out of, out of hand. I mean, Pfizer spent over a hundred million dollars, by the way, in advertisement and uh, digital print and on national television just last year, Jim. And uh, yeah. that's pretty insane. Well, you just got to follow the money trail. And as you know, Jim, very well, they are also pushing it on children. Now they are, using um you know things like sesame street now to push the jab oh yeah it's disgusting it's abs- holy it's hell absolutely grotesque and and it's murder i mean this is it this is not just child abuse this is actually child sacrifice and, and you know they're trying to make a move now get this the biden mandate that all these uh companies with a uh, hundred or more employees have to have all their members vaccinated right, right has been called out. It turns out to be totally fraudulent. Uh, uh, an appellate court has issued a hold, a stay. Here's what two uh, experts from Michigan on OSHA have reported. In reality, this standard to wit the mandate was promulgated illegally. The president of the United States does not have statutory authority to demand a regulatory agency create a new standard. In addition, OSHA does not have jurisdiction over vaccines. This belongs to the regulatory agencies of Health and Human Services and the FDA. OSHA regulates workplace health and safety like slips, trips, falls, machine guarding, protection from airborne hazards such as dust and fumes, chemical vapors. They do not have the authority to mandate that employees inject anything into their bodies to control hazards as vaccines are not a control measure for a hazard. OSHA cannot legally view unvaccinated workers as a hazard. In order for OSHA to cite any organization for a violation of their health and safety standards, they must cite the standard that has been violated. To date, there has been no COVID standard created. Therefore, 
any penalties, citations, or administrative admonishment should be null and void. Any organization that's received OSHA fines over the past year should demand a full refund of those fines, including damages, and that your company record be expunged from the citation. There is so much wrong with all of this. We cannot be afraid to stand up against it, exposing it for what it is. The cracks are beginning to show, and the dominoes are beginning to fall. Oh, my. That's true. We're, getting, we're seeing all these reports now, Jim. Johnson & Johnson about the vaccine, 3.5 times likely to develop rare blood clots due to the jab. Oh, and women. Oh, the evidence is over. Sherry, Sherry Tenpenny is one of the bona fide experts speaking the truth who has described these mRNA vaccines as perfectly designed killing machines. And why would anybody want this, though? That's what I'm wondering. Why are people well, so the, stupid? These are it's the genocidal globalists, Michael, who want to reduce the world's population by like 90, 95%. They want to go from 8, 8 billion down to 500 million, as declared on the Georgia Guidestones. I mean, why the, how they came up with a 500 million is anybody's guess. But as David Icke observed in the beginning, they want to return to a feudal society where the, the rich are ensconced in their castles. Today, we call them gated communities. And the rest of us are toiling as serfs or slaves in the field. That's why. They wiped out the middle class so that there wouldn't be the possibility for to make money through small businesses. You'd only have the super big businesses in collusion with the government to control everything. It's part of why they want to go to digital currency. Oh, yeah. As, as was so brilliantly illustrated in the film Enemy of the State, and anyone who hasn't seen that, with Will Smith and Gene Hackman, do yourself a big favor and watch Enemy of the State. If they cut off your access to, you know, your credit or your money supply, which they can effortlessly do if it's all digital, if there's no such thing any longer as cash, then as soon as you start misbehaving in terms of their expectations, they can cut you off and you're left high and dry. And it appears, by the way, that they're moving forward to create an artificial food shortage so that the vast majority of deaths are going to come not from the mass, which kill us slowly, or the vaccines, which kill us faster, but from starvation on an historically unprecedented scale, Michael. That's what we have to look forward to. Oh, yes. If you don't have the jab, you can't eat here. You can't get food. You can't get a paycheck. I mean, this is becoming Australia 2.0. I mean, Australia created two classes of people just recently, if you have not noticed, if you've been living under a rock. Um, yes, that's what's happening in America slowly. Two classes of people coming up rather soon, Jim. Those that have their vaccine passports and those without. Interesting times. Would you believe, Holy would shit. You believe that left-wing lunatic, and I have friends who were avid followers of his, Noam Chomsky. Oh, my. Yes. Who, yeah, who's not only wrong in his politics, but <laughs> wrong about his analysis of uh, language and mentality. He's wrong about a lot of things. Has, decla has declared that those who are unvaccinated should be isolated and starved. Interesting. Chomsky. Interesting. Well, I expect that from him. He would say that. Oh, I called him out. 
over a decade, probably 20 years ago. Not surprised. If you go online on Fetzer on Chomsky, you'll see me taking a part where he was dismissive of conspiracy in the case of JFK and even said if there had been a conspiracy, it was of no account because no issues of policy were involved. As though, as though ending the Fed or withdrawing from Vietnam or prosecuting yeah. the mob or uh, getting rid of the Federal Reserve or abolishing the CIA were not matters of policy. And then in regard to 9-11, he was equally dismissive. So I did this wonderful short interview. It's only about 10 minutes. I enumerated why Chomsky was wrong on all these matters and where they cut to Chomsky saying the very same things I was criticizing him for having <laughs> said. Amazing. It's just wonderful. On Fetzer, on Chomsky, there are two. One's a longer version, but I also give you a mini sketch of what's wrong with his whole theory of uh, innate genetic syntax. It really turns out to be completely absurd if you have an adequate grasp of the nature of language and mind on which I've invested a huge amount of scholarly research and publication oh yes oh yes and um another thing i did want to mention rather quickly here was um there was a story about newsmax if you recall not long ago that you know they were going to implement a, a vaccine requirement for their staff you know everyone had to get the jab and then they sort of backtracked on their statement there i'm not sure if you caught that jim i just thought it was rather interesting what was their explanation for backtracking, Michael? Um, I believe. Let me pull that article up really quickly here. Uh, I think. Sure. They, yeah, I think they said something. Um, it's probably because they they took a lot of heat for their their stance there. Um, now they're claiming that that they that someone falsely said that a Newsmax personality who falsely said COVID nineteen vaccines can. Oh, this is a different. Oh, this is a different story. This is a completely different story. Um, by the way, this uh, this article I found right here says a Newsmax personality who falsely said COVID nineteen vaccines contained a satanic sounding tracking marker has been taken off the air. This is a bit of a newer well, story. Well, we have any number of microscopic examination of the context of these various vaccines, and they have all kinds of microscopic creatures in them, parasites. I think this is in part why ivermectin uh, is successful. HCQ also, I've taken that as well. So that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, in right. my opinion, has been completely responsible in treating himself. And the fact they took him out today, in fact, my wife is watching the game take place right now with the backers, with their backup quarterback, Love. And uh, Aaron is 100% in the right, but they're out to ridicule him. Yeah, he's and taking a lot of heat. Uh, I saw for that. All the, for all the wrong reasons, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's interesting that they went after him like that. Well, they had to because he was too prominent a figure, and he set a bad example in their opinion, see? Right. In, yes. in fact, we even have a report now uh, that uh, Bill Gates is uh, saying that if we don't get vaccinated, uh, that there's going to be uh, uh, bioterrorism attacks are going to take place. I mean, this is really stunning stuff. Get this. Here's the headline. Bill Gates warns of coming bioterrorist pandemic if governments do not comply. Billionaire globalist Bill Gates has urged world leaders to prepare for an imminent bioterrorist attack that will result in a pandemic much deadlier than COVID. He knows this because he's part of the planning committee. 
This is like uh, Anthony, Tony the Rat Fauci, predicting in 2017 that the Trump administration was going to be hit with a surprise pandemic. Since he's predicting it in 2017, how can it be a surprise? And since he's the guy who's supposed to prepare us to deal with pandemics, why weren't we prepared? I mean, the answer has become a little too obvious. For Bill Gates, Ted Turner, Henry Kissinger, Klaus Schwab. My God, there was an obscene photograph of Klaus Schwab on a nude beach or an all but nude beach. I mean, it just he's repulsive. And of course, he himself is a Rothschild, Michael. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum propose, you know, promoting the Great Reset. Just a disgusting cretin. Not as disgusting as Don Lemon. I'm not sure if you Don't saw him out vacationing with his uh, husband out in Florida, but he wasn't wearing a mask. Even though he told his, even though he told his viewers that it was extremely dangerous and irresponsible not to be wearing a mask, yet he's out there in Florida with his husband. These guys are so fraudulent. Well, Barack Obama (laughs) is married to a man with breast implants and a huge shaving bill. You know, I've done a lot of research on Michelle, who was born Michael Levon Robinson. Big Mama Michelle. And we have photographs of them together before he got his breast implants to try to make himself look more like a woman. I mean, we have freaks running our we government. Do. I think that's why they're promoting all this gender ambivalence. And you get no confusion. argument from me. They want they want the rest of the country to be as freaky as they are. They, yeah, it's true. It's really you know it's kind of over the line. You know there is a clear agenda going on, and they they want to push it right down your face. And by the way, here's that story it's about Newsmax really quickly. Um, they had originally told their staff Friday that they intended to comply with Biden his administration's company vaccine mandate. Um, and of course, Newsmax employees got rather. Um, pissed off, rightfully so. Lots of their staff said they weren't going to comply with the um, mandate at all. And, you know, everyone was very up in arms about it. So uh, Newsmax, they they felt the heat and said, you know what, we're not going to comply with the OSHA rule requiring businesses to have their employees vaccinated against COVID, they said. So they felt the heat. They knew they made a mistake. So they had a backtrack there a little bit. But yes, that was the latest story from Newsmax, by the way. Well, you know, it's fascinating how the Democrats are panic-stricken in the wake of Virginia. Stop and think about it. Oh, yes. Virginia elected a white man as governor, a black woman as lieutenant governor, and a Latino man as attorney general. Now, that's diversity. The problem is, while the Democrats ought to have been raving about it, they were of the wrong political party. So they've made out that this was uh, ignorant Virginians voting a racist ballot. How can you be a racist and elect a black woman as lieutenant governor and a Latino as attorney general is beyond me? But logic was never a strength in this in this group of modern day lunatics. Sad to say, Michael. Well, you know, I, I like that. But yes, they're not known for having common sense. You are correct on that instance, by the way. Well, total ideologues, and, you know, they're pushing this absurd monster bill. You know, we've just had passed 
the infrastructure bill. And Mark Meadows, who is Oof. Trump's former you know, chief of staff, has been pointing out that uh, there's an agenda wrapped in dollar bills that will do nothing to lower costs, very little to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, we've already lowered greenhouse gas emissions by natural gas, but people on the left know they're not serious about climate change because they refuse to embrace natural gas right. and nuclear energy. They want subsidies for solar. We saw how that worked in Texas this past winter. It was a catastrophe. And when the wind isn't blowing, you're left hanging out. I mean, this is just absurd what's going on here. And, of course, it turned out it took 13 Republicans voted for it and six Democrats, the members of the squad, against it because it doesn't go far enough. But I'm telling you, Michael, that squad really has lost their way. They're so stupendously ignorant. It's not that they're dumb. I mean, I would concede they're not very bright. But the fact is they're grossly misinformed and ignorant about science. CO2 is not warming the earth. CO2 cools the earth in four different dimensions. I had an extensive conversation with a, an engineer qualified in structural engineering, civil, uh, uh, mechanical, electrical. I mean, he's qualified across the ground, and he's been publishing on a, in a journal he founded, uh, Principia Scientifica, about uh, how the global warming is just a pile of uh, ideology that has no substance or foundation in science. And yet they want to wreck the economy. They, they abolish the XL pipeline. They revoked all the permits to drill on government lands that had made us energy independent. And now we're once again at the mercy of foreign sources. I mean, the stupidity that has exemplified by the Biden administration knows no bounds. And of course, opening the borders, everyone understands that it's impossible to combine a welfare state with open borders because you'll be flooded. And Biden's even talking about paying these illegal immigrants $450,000 apiece. Well, can you imagine a greater incentive to come to the United States? They're not going to roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> just let even them all in, illegally, They're going to give you a vast pot of money, more than you'd probably make in your whole life where you reside. Just let them all in, Jim. I mean, why not? Or I just let everybody in. Just Let's just have a big party. That's the idea. That's Michael. the idea. Yeah. And they're flying them all over the place. I have a report. They have 70 flights of these illegals into Florida alone. And they didn't notify Rick DeSantis, the governor of the state, they were doing this. 70 flights. That's insane. All at nighttime, I heard. These, yes. Yes. these yes. late flights, I'm hearing. And of course, what they're doing is so abhorrent that it cannot withstand the light of day. Yes, it's it's disgusting what's happening around the world. It's... Uh, truly disgusting. And by the way, for those that wanted more information on Posner versus Fetzer, please go to posnervfetzer.com and you can find all the, all the court documents there in PDF format for you. You could read all about it. A very interesting case. It will go down in history, in my opinion. Um, this definitely well, needs more attention. If you want a nice summary overview, go to one of the very last documents, which is the corrected petition for review submitted to the Supreme Court. It's a masterpiece, and it's only about 13 pages long. It gives a splendid overview. My goodness. And, of course, moonrockbooks.com is still 
Um, Actually, I, without I trouble, right? 46. 46. I just opened it. 46. Yeah, Moonrock Books. I mean, Amazon.com has been doing its best to suppress the research I do, bringing together groups of experts, as I did with Sandy Hook. 13 experts in that case. I have 17 on America nuked on 9-11. Some of you don't realize that this was not a conventional demolition of these buildings. I have a wonderful book on JFK. Those two, interestingly, have not been banned by Amazon, probably because there are so many others. But on the other hand, when they banned my Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, there were 19 other books about Sandy Hook for sale on Amazon, Michael. But the other 19 all sided with the official account. Mine was the only book to take exception. But one book disputing the official account was one book too many. My goodness, understood. Yes, Amazon putting a clamp hold on you there, Jim, by the way. And for those that want more, you know, want more of Jim's work, please go to moonrockbooks.com and they're all there without being defaced by amazon.com. And of course, that leads me to our last story here, Jim, before I, before I let you go, you know, I feel like I've taken plenty of your time here and I, I wanted to ask you about Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way. And oh, how wonderful. Yes, sir. I'm just delighted. Uh, yeah, it turns out that we have a good judge in this case. I mean, in others, obviously, the quality of the judge is uh, a central question. But in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, we have a good judge. The prosecutor was seeking to describe the thugs who were attacking Kyle and trying to kill him as victims. Uh, the judge wouldn't allow them to do that. He said, however, you can describe them as rioters and looters, which they were. They had criminal backgrounds. The three that Kyle shot all were seeking to do him harm. One was seeking to break his neck with a skateboard. Another was preparing to shoot him when he shot him first. That was the one of the three who survived and who said in the hospital where he was recuperating that his only regret was he hadn't shot the son of a bitch, meaning Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh turns out, it turns out that the key players, this involves the uh, deputy, I mean, the detective investigating the case, the city attorney prosecuting it, and the mayor of Kenosha are all members of the same family. So the mayor who let Kenosha burn the DA and the lead detective in the Carl Rittenhouse case are all members of the same family. Are you paying attention yet? And we have, you know, plenty. It turns out there's a whole additional video the FBI had been sitting on for a year that clearly shows that Kyle Rittenhouse was being stalked aggressively, that he was seeking to flee his attackers, and that he only shot them in self-defense when he had no choice. I got to tell you, as a former Marine Corps officer who used to supervise 15 DIs and 300 recruits, I don't know of a one that could have handled himself better than Kyle Rittenhouse at 17 years of age. That guy is terrific. I'd be glad to have him watching my back any time. I expect him to come out of this recognized to be an American hero. It was obvious to me from the beginning, Michael, I follow this case very closely. Kyle Rittenhouse is a red-blooded all-American hero. He was there to provide medical support and to help to protect businesses from being looted and set on fire. He acquitted himself admirably in every respect. I believe it's because the mayor let all this looting and rioting take place, the great damage to the city that he wanted to deflect attention 
by focusing on a young man who actually acquitted himself with great honor and by virtue of having family connection with a detective investigating the DA prosecuting and he himself being the mayor, he thought he could pull it off. I think the charade is being exposed. This young man is going to go down as a, a young American hero, Michael. Mark my words. Oh, yes. Very interesting case. <laughs> Who knows what the hell is going to happen? And um, we will soon find out. There's lots of stories coming in right now. They're, they have a another story here. A family saying the two brothers said they never asked Kyle Rittenhouse or anyone else to guard their Kenosha car dealership. But I'm sure they are secretly thankful. He, was, he, was, he wasn't there uh, to guard the, the car dealership. He was there because he was trying to elude this guy, Rosenboom, who, um, who actually has been guilty of raping five young boys who was assaulting him and tried to take his weapon away. So that's a highly manufactured form of testimony. He was only there because he was seeking to flee the aggressors who were seeking to attack him. And where if you go through the elements of self-defense, there's no question but what in each of these instances he was acting in self-defense. It's very I've seen the video, too. Yes, I would say he did what I probably would have done myself if I had a gun and people were trying to attack me, to be honest. Yeah. Read, Michael. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot of biased reporting because they're trying to make out that he was a bad guy. I guarantee you. He was a good guy, and those who were attacking him were demonstrable bad guys with criminal records. I mean, it's all going to come out in the wash. He will be exonerated, I have no doubt. The media will spin it that he was out hunting. You know, he was out trying to do his part. Yeah, it's embarrassing how bad the media, you know, it's nothing but as Donald Trump explained us fake news. And my case is a perfect illustration. If you look at the stories covering my case, none of them are giving you an accurate report of what happened here this and the way in which the principles, the process of summary judgment was grossly abused by the court in this case and how this is a political hot potato and the government simply does not want the truth to come out. But, Michael, I assure you, I'm going to continue to do my very best to get that truth out to the American people, no matter how hard Amazon seeks to ban me. And they have six books on Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, even the moon landing. Those are all available at moonrockbooks.com. Check them out. Very nice. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. We will do this again on the other side, Jim. My pleasure, Michael. Always enjoyable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care, Jim. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was my guest, Jim Fetzer. Give him a round of applause. And I do want to thank all of you out there for pressing play and spending some time with us here. And don't forget, yes, we are not on YouTube just yet. The live show has not returned just yet. It will soon, though, I promise. Seems like a lot of you forget that you can get all the latest information on the program at michaeldeacon.com and, of course, patreon.com forward slash michaeldeacon. If you have not signed up, you are doing a major disservice to yourself. If you enjoy this program, if you are a hardcore listener of the program, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And yes, that is where gold falls from the sky. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. And remember, you can find the podcast rendition of this program on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and Stitcher. You can find this on most platforms across the board. Interesting night yet again. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And remember, there's nothing more frightening than reality. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Thank you.